0: what is up everybody hello and welcome to a special crossover peach bowl edition of locked on podcast daniel monroe from locked on bulldogs my man jay stevens over here from locked on buckeyes jay how you doing tonight
1: daniel i'm doing well in the midst of the christmas season christmas is over new year's is right on the corner this game is what everyone's going to be watching to bring in the new year. That's right. And I know the Bulldogs and the Buckeyes fans of the respective teams are hoping that they're bringing in the new year with a win and knowing that they're going to be playing for the national championship. That's a yeah. few days away from now, but I'm good, man. Doing very well. Yeah. I'm glad we're not glad the cold weather the country experienced is not here anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a tough new year for one of these fan bases. I think we're just trying not to think about that collectively as fans. Like, but it's going to be a tough, tough way to welcome in twenty twenty three. Uh, all right, let's get into some discussion about the game. I know from Georgia fans' perspective, it's good to hear from somebody who's close to the program at Ohio State, who who actually knows the Buckeyes and this team. I've talked to you briefly uh, before. And I know big national story, so national narratives not don't always tell the full story, but big national narrative is that the Buckeyes riddled with injuries, right? They've got, you know, obviously Smith and Jigba is not going to play in this game, um, but, you know, he hasn't really gone for the Buckeyes all year, so is that really that big of a deal? And then Travion Henderson not going to play in this game. The people that I think casual football fans would say is the best running back on Ohio State's team, I think— you might have a different opinion and so talk to us about ohio state's run game particularly mayan williams what do you like about him and is it that big of a loss for the buckeyes going up against one of the more stout run defenses in the country and georgia need to be able to move the ball on the ground
1: uh what what do you like about Ohio ch- ohio state's chances in the run game i do believe in the run game with uh, without Trevion Henderson, that is a loss. I am not going to be a guy that says, Oh, Henderson not playing, it's not you're not losing any, you're not you're just going to be uh rolling with the other guys, and there's nothing that's lost. No, there is something that's lost. I think he had about 500 rushing yards on the season, he was in the out of the lineup due to injury all year, just like mine. Williams numerous touchdowns, he's a big play or bust kind of player, and when he has that big play, it can mm. be a touchdown, or if it's a bust, it's a big bust. I'm a Mayan Williams guy. You learned that when we did a show about a month ago. and I think it may have startled you when I said I prefer Mayan Williams to start over Travion Henderson. Even did a show unlocked on Buckeyes in the middle of the week one day, and I was like, hey, Mayan Williams should start. Got some pushback. Guys I've done shows with, got some pushback. But I do think this offense flows a whole lot better this year with Mayan Williams as RB1 for Ohio State over Travion Henderson. I do believe the Buckeyes have a blessing. With Chip Trainum, who was a linebacker, going back to his uh, uh, original position he played last year at Arizona State, he's back at running back. So you have a guy, hmm. previous Power 5 running back, who's now back, he had like 400 yards last year at Arizona State, so you know he could do some things on the ground. Had 80-plus 80 yards, 84 yards, I believe, against Michigan, and his first touches at running back all year. So you got Myron Williams, you got Chip Trainum, then you got Dallin Hayden, the true freshman, who's just productive, man. He gets out there and gets the job done, hits the holes hard, has good vision, and keeps his pad level low and gets the extra yards. So, just losing Travion Henderson is a loss. I do not believe it's as big of a loss as many people that are in the national media, maybe even some Buckeye people that cover the team, Hmm. believe it is. I believe with Mayan Williams, Chip Trainum. Dallin Hayden, and then also you're going to get a a receiver who sometimes plays at running back, some special plays there, and Xavier Johnson. I believe the Buckeyes will be just fine at running back. My question, how healthy is right guard Matt Jones? If his Mm -hmm. ankle is not healthy, the Bulldogs will get penetration interior of the Buckeyes offensive line, and that will derail a lot of – will derail how effective the Buckeyes are in the running game.
0: Yeah, that's and that is an interesting point that you bring up. Let me ask you, this as kind of a follow-up question Then I want to get some thoughts on the Buckeyes defense from you. Um, how important is being able to run the ball in your mind for Ohio State in this game? Let me ask you just the hypothetical. If Ohio State's going to win this game, Jay Stevens believes they need to run the ball for blank number of yards in order to, to win this game. How, how much of the
1: run game needs to be a factor? I will say 150 to 175 collectively between three running backs. Wow. I okay. do believe that you cannot, if you try to rely on Stroud's arm and you don't get the running game involved, I do believe that it's not a great formula for the book guys. I think you got to try to run the game and get some production there. And that's going to neutralize the pass rush of Georgia, which will sure. also help the receivers get open and have sure. Stroud have more time. People have knocked Stroud. He's bad He's bad improvising. He can't do anything when there's a guy in his face. Well, most quarterbacks are not successful when there's <laughs> exactly. a guy in their face. Exactly. So let's yeah. make sure our analysis makes sense. Yeah. But I do believe, though, to make things easier for C.J. Stroud, who is a pocket passer, and he knows he is one of the best or if not the best pocket passes in the country, you need to run the ball consist- somewhat successfully. And I believe the Buckeyes have the guys that can do it. I don't know if that'll be something that they can do on Saturday. That's one of those things that's up in the air for me about I know what they can do. Will they be productive in doing so? It's kind of a TBD, to be determined thing for myself.
0: Yeah. Okay, you mentioned the pass rush of Georgia. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Um, We know Georgia's is going to want to run the ball, but they've also been explosive on offense this year. And Sesson Bennett has been largely untouched as a quarterback this year. And I don't mean unrivaled in terms of his talent. I mean, literally no one has touched him. He's been sacked very few times. He's been pressured very few times this season. It's one of the things this offensive line has done a really great job of is protecting the quarterback. Ohio State has some dudes. On that defensive front, obviously we know about 44, we know about nine. Like these guys are, these guys are legitimate players on the outside. Hall uh, on the inside has has got has been in the backfield consistently this season. What do you like about Ohio State's defensive front versus this Georgia offensive line? Do you think would you call it a strength of the Buckeyes in this game, an advantage for the Buckeyes in this game, and how much does it need to be an advantage for the Buckeyes to
1: win? Advantage is an interesting word because I don't believe it's an advantage. I believe it's something that the Buckeyes have not seen at full strength throughout a major portion of the season. And I mention that because you mentioned Michael Hall, Jr. To me, he's the best interior D-line that the Buckeyes have on the scene. He's been hampered with injury, and the coaches have kept him out, kept him at a pitch count a lot throughout this year. Remember there was a game against Michigan State, seven plays, two and a half sacks. I mean, he was in the backfield all the time. And I'm like, why is he not playing more? Comes out he has an injury, but he's still playing. So to me, it's like make it make sense. Like, if he's productive on the field, he's healthy enough to play. Why aren't you starting him? So I don't know. Like, my my guess, excuse me, what I think should happen, Teron Vincent plays one tackle, Mike Jr. plays the other tackle, rotate a couple guys in behind him but still make the top two guys make and have the most snaps at that position. On the outside, Zach Harrison, uh, J.C. Toombalowow, have those guys be on the field most of the time. I don't want to see an, a 9-10 rotation on the D-line. If the mm. Buckeyes do that, that's a formula for Georgia to win this game. And so I do think, though, with two and Harrison, you're going to see Jack Sawyer. And I'm very interested to see Javante Jean-Baptiste a backup defensive end. Most people have not heard of the name around the country. Mm-hmm. He is going to be someone to me that if the Buckeyes want to get some type of pass rush, you have to find him in situational pass rushing situations and try to give him get him on the field. Tua while and Harrison are guys that can slide down and the tackle that can allow another pass rusher on the field at the end. Javante Jean Baptiste, JJB, could be someone that the Buckeyes utilize situationally to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. I got to give kudos and credit to Georgia because for them to keep Stetson Bennett upright, as upright as they have, that's a great thing that they have done, which is helped this offense. The Buckeyes pass rush can be good, but you got to get into your pressure. I think mm-hmm. Michael Hall Jr., if he plays consistently, he could do that. And if y'all leave Malowa, number 44, one-on-one on, one on the outside, it's going to be lights out for Stetson Bennett a couple times in this game.
0: It's interesting. Uh, We're going to get into... Some some questions that Jay has for me about the Bulldogs. We'll give some maybe some predictions, some thoughts about how we think the game is going to go. Obviously, so much to discuss in this game. Boy, just listening to you talk, Jay, I'm just getting fired up about this. I cannot wait <laughs> for New Year's Eve, man. It's coming. Listen, if you want to get in on the action, if you want to place a bet maybe on that Michigan TCU game, maybe you want to place a bet on this Georgia-Ohio State game, Bet online is the place to do it. It's the official uh, betting partner of Locked On Podcast, of Locked on Buckeyes have locked on Bulldogs the place that we trust the place that we go to place all of our wagers they've got over-unders they've got spreads they got parlays money lines whatever you want to do you want to make a prop bet they'll have all that stuff out for the college football playoff uh, so go to bet online It's easy to uh, create an account to make your first deposit. And then when you make that first deposit, enter the promo code "Locked On." You get a bonus. They give you free money that you can use to bet on your favorite team. So you don't even have to be a sharp or an insider. You just take that free money, bet it on your favorite team, and maybe it'll be a great night for you. Bet online, your official
1: sportsbook experts. And as we continue this locked-on crossover with locked-on Bulldogs and locked-on Buckeyes, getting fans, not just of these two fan bases, but college football fans around the country, excuse me, Mm. around the world ready for this matchup between the Bulldogs and the Buckeyes, I am curious. I think Buckeye fans are curious about this Stetson Bennett love. Now, I like him as a quarterback. I don't knock him, but a lot of people are saying Stetson Bennett Is he really that good? Is Georgia's offense really what it is because of him? Or is he just a piece, a small piece in the pie? What does Stetson Bennett do with the Georgia offense that makes it flow so well?
0: Well, I think to answer that middle question in there, is he he the guy or is he just a piece of the pie? I would say Georgia fans have learned – and we haven't always been great at this. Uh, early on in Stetson's career, we were just like just like everybody else. But Georgia fans have learned that the answer to that question is, who cares? It doesn't matter if he's the guy that's the best player in the offense or if he's just a small piece of the offense because Georgia's winning. That's what Stetson Bennett does is he wins football games. And so if you like winning, then you like Stetson Bennett. Now, in terms of what he actually brings to the field um, – I think it starts with his ability at the line of scrimmage to diagnose plays. I think it starts in his head. I think it starts in the film room. You listen to Todd Munkin. he addressed the media. Kirby doesn't let him addri- doesn't let the coordinators address the media much, so we don't get to hear from him a lot, but he addressed the media this week. There are not many quarterbacks in the country that I would trust to call plays at the line of scrimmage, to to make checks and to to really have full control of the offense. but Stetson Bennett has 100% full control of this offense at the line of scrimmage that trust level that he has with his offensive coordinator being an extension of the offensive coordinator on the field that that cannot be overstated casual football fans love arm strength we love 40-yard dash times we love all of these things all of these measurables but it cannot be overstated especially in the game of college football how important it is to have a high football iq and to know what to do with the ball now that being said Stetson can make a lot of throws. He's got a he's got a good enough arm, and the thing that Stetson does is he can beat you with his legs more than people give him credit for. More than people think he can. He's an athlete. He has and and in games like this, you're going to see that used a little bit more during the season. You're not going to see a lot of designed runs called for Stetson Bennett. You're not going to see a lot of zone reads where he where he keeps as much during the season because of health concerns. And it's a long 13 game season, but, but in the college football playoff, you you do everything you can to win the game. And so I think Stetson will become more of a factor in the run game and Stetson will move the pocket and find space. And then he keeps his eyes downfield. And, I mean, you said it, he's not the only guy in this offense. So there's so many weapons that he has to get the ball to, and so many of them are so big and so fast and so physically imposing, guys like Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, that if he gets if he's able to buy time in the pocket, elude the pass rush, sidestep things, get out, get out in the open field a little bit and keep his eyes down the field, you just can't, a linebacker can't cover Brock Bowers for, really, for any length of time, but much less for eight, nine seconds. And so, that's where the Georgia offense has, is most explosive, and that's where Stetson Bennett really is at
1: his best. Daniel, you mentioned the weapons that this offense has. You mentioned Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers. I've heard a lot of conversation about Ladd McConkey. What about the other guys? I, 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 yeah. myself, I, I, I've been guilty of this, focusing on the bigger name guys on this offense of Georgia's offense and how the Buckeyes can focus on them, what they need to do to kind of slow down that attack. No one talks about the running backs, and mm-hmm. there's maybe one receiver people talk about. What yeah. about the other guys that make this offense? You mentioned the weapons they have. Well, who are some of those weapons Georgia has on offense?
0: Well, AD Mitchell's the best receiver on this team. He's been injured for the for more than half the year, but he he's the guy that caught the big touchdown in the National Championship game against Alabama, the 40-yard pass uh, that put us that put Georgia ahead to go on to win the National Championship. He's the wide receiver one on this team coming into the season has shown himself to be the most consistent red zone threat, especially from the receiver position. But he's missed the last 6 to 7 weeks with um, a leg injury, but he's back and 100% and that is great news for Georgia because Ladd McConkey, as fast as he is, as good of a weapon as he is, as great of a story as he is, he's not a number one wide receiver in, in the SEC or the college football playoff. That's not who you want being your number one guy. A.D. Mitchell is a true wide receiver one. Georgia does not have – the excessive wealth of five-star wide receivers that programs like Ohio State are used to that programs, other programs in the country have had. But A.D. Mitchell is one of those dudes. He is a real dude. And then the running back room really has been a bit up and down this year. Kenny McIntosh has been the the staple. Um, He's great catching the ball out of the backfield. He's gotten better as a runner. But the best runner on this team is probably Kendall Milton, Uh, But he's been injured. He's been banged up, again, similar to what you were talking about with defensive tackle Hall for Ohio State. Uh, He's been injured but playing this year, banged up, but but obviously limited in what he's been able to do. But Georgia fans will tell you that over the last couple weeks, in the SEC Championship game against LSU, uh, towards the end of the season, we began to see Kendall Milton running the way that we expected him to be. He was sort of expected to be the number one back on this team all year. And if he's running the ball well, my co-host Clint uh, earlier this week on the show kind of gave him as the number one X factor of the college football playoff to say that if Kendall Milton plays well, Georgia will win the national championship. That's, That's the kind of weapon that he can be and the kind of next level that this offense I think can take if he's able to continue to progress and step up but you're right other guys are going to need to step up the 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 obvious weapons that everybody likes to talk about but uh, are
1: are
0: just for Ohio State Marvin Harrison Jr is not going to win the the national championship for the buckeyes somebody else is going to have to step up other guys are going to you know less heralded guys are going to have to to make plays and contribute I think those are the guys that I would look for on Georgia's roster to be maybe some of those guys. And then I think we might see the third tight end. There's a a true freshman tight end, Oscar Delp. And I think you'll see Georgia run some some 13 personnel in this Hmm. game. I think you'll see him run some three tight end sets uh, because he's another very fast, very agile, very physically imposing tight. And just the way Todd Munkin – cares about mismatch. He creates mismatches in his offense, and then he exploits mismatches. And that's why Stetson Bennett's been able to be so effective is he's able to identify, locate, and exploit mismatches. And there's a lot of guys on this Georgia roster that might not jump off the page at the combine, but they are mismatches in the game, and therefore they have the ability to be really productive for this Georgia offense.
1: Daniel, last thing here for you before we turn it back over to you. In the next segment, what makes this defense so good? Kirby Smart, I think, is the mm. easy answer to the question.
0: Mm. I mean, it's the best defensive mind in college football right now. I don't think there's any anyone who doubts that. Um, he the things he's been able to do consistently year in and year out. I mean, it's great players, right? There's no there's no there's no hiding the fact that I think I saw 24-7 composite ratings. Georgia's the number two most talented team in the country. Ohio State's the number three most talented team in the country, uh, according to 24-7. It's not a surprise why these teams are in the College World Playoff, right? They have really good players on their teams. And the Georgia players on defense, everyone, everyone last year wanted to focus on how many players Georgia lost. But but i you know we kept saying on this podcast and and i think georgia fans knew it wasn't about how many players left the program it was about how many players were still in the program because you lose 15 but there's 25 more that are just sitting there waiting their turn and uh and so it's yeah it's schematics but it's also talent and then i think the defense this year particularly has played with a bit of an edge they've played with a bit of a chip on their shoulder everybody talking about the five first round picks and you can't replace these guys and jordan davis and you know trayvon walker and all the all the talent and all the guys and i think these guys came in and they felt like they had something to prove Um, uh, in terms of on the field what's made them so effective uh they have an elite game-changing player on the defensive line jalen carter i think he's the best defensive player in college football and he gives you the thing that you said you need in order to affect the quarterback and that is pressure up the middle no quarterback in the history of football has liked it when someone comes right up the middle right into your face there's no one who's like yeah that's where i really thrive as a quarterback and and so when you have a big dude in the middle who's able to just dismantle the center and get right to the quarterback, that's what Jalen Carter does. And that's where everything starts for this Georgia defense. Obviously, there's there's talent on all three levels. There's veterans on all three levels. There's talented freshmen that are that are kind of have earned their their playing time. But um, but there's also a big challenge in this Ohio State offense. And so they went up against Tennessee earlier in the year, and the narrative was that no one can stop Tennessee. Tennessee's got the best offense in college football. Tennessee can't be slowed down by anybody. Georgia was able to stand, the, stand up the test in that game. It was at home. We'll see if they're able to do the same thing against the Buckeyes. I, I'm, I'm confident that they can, that this defense will – uh, that that if Ohio State's going to win it won't be because they score a bunch of points in this game but um this will be one of the more formidable
1: tests that they face this season so I guess we'll see yes we will see many of us this weekend will be looking to have fun New Year's Eve is on Saturday many of you whoever if your team wins you'll be trying to go out and have some good time have a good time with with your friends your boys whoever it might be and as you're hanging out you might be putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right. Heading into this third
0: segment: Locked on Crossover, Locked on Bulldogs, Locked on Buckeyes. My man, Jay Stevens from Locked on Buckeyes. By the way, if you're a Georgia fan listening to this podcast, go subscribe to the man's pod. It's great content, it's great insight from Buckeye fans. If you're a Buckeye fan listening to this pod, our podcast is just drivel. It's nothing. It's nothing that you really want to 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 partake in, but it is great comic relief. If you're looking for something, if you're if you're having a long day and you need a laugh, then you can just turn on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast uh, and you'll find that there Jay, I'm not going to let you get out of here before you talk to me about what you expect to happen on Uh, Saturday, New Year's Eve in Mercedes-Benz when these two storied programs who don't get to play each other very often at all, um, incredible football teams who came into the season with the highest of expectations. Both these teams came into the season expecting to win the national championship. And here we are, uh, two games away from from some team holding that trophy but it's only going to be one of these two teams that has a chance to play for it. Uh, what do you see happening? How do you see the game going? And if you feel if you feel bold, maybe give us a score prediction.
1: Oh, bold. Buddy, that's been sitting right here on my paper the entire oh, time. Oh, he ready. He came I'm, in locked I, and loaded. I've been ready for that one. But this game, I do believe, is the premier game of bowl season. Oh, um, 100%. Possibly, with the with there being three playoff games, possibly going to be the best playoff game of the three. Like, no matter who wins this game or the Fiesta Bowl, whoever plays for the national championship, I think this game is going to be the best game. And it has the possibility, the chance to be one of those games you talk about for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years because of the heavyweight uh, battle it's going to be. Two great coaches, uh, two great fan bases. Um, uh, uh, I know it's neutral site, but Georgia's home. I'm going to be that guy. Georgia is home. I don't know the distance between Athens and Atlanta, but I know it's a whole lot closer than Columbus to Atlanta, so let's play that there. But I do think this game – I think Stroud's going to be fine during portions of it, but he's going to get a lot of pressure and going to have to improvise. And I think the Buckeyes are going to have to – rely on their running game a lot more than maybe they have previously in the season. Very um, pass-heavy air raid type of offense Ryan Day wants. But I, I, I believe he's going he's gonna to have to and he needs to rely on his running game a whole lot more. On defense, the biggest question mark is the biggest question mark to numerous people around the sport. How do the Buckeyes defend these tight ends? Because I don't believe you can just – with the Buckeyes playing two tight ends, I don't believe – Eichenberg or still Chambers can guard these guys one-on-one. If they want to pull the linebacker out and say, hey, guard him. I don't believe Ronnie Hickman or Lathan Ransom or Tanner McAllister could guard the tight ends one-on-one. So you got to figure out, do you bring in um, uh, somebody off the bench or what do you do? Do you drop Tweed Maloa back into coverage, um, use him as somewhat of a spy every now and then? I, you have to change things up. The Buckeyes defense doesn't change things up. It will be a win for Georgia. But I do think, though, I I, I think that Georgia's running game is going to be um, something we could see a little bit more of. Uh, it could be – a normally the Buckeyes do a good job of defending really good tight ends. So my gut says they're going to find a way there's a formula. Uh, no matter if it's Michael Mayer or Pat Fryermuth of uh, previously at Penn State, the Buckeyes do a good job of guarding and defending these really good um, potential NFL, future NFL uh, draft pick type of tight ends. So I – my gut says they're going to be fine with one tight end. What about the other one? Um, I don't believe – excuse me. I'll say this first. The book as coaches need to adjust quickly, swiftly throughout the game. Don't wait till the end of the mm. – till the middle of the second quarter, first quarter. And when you see things that have to change, do it quickly. Mm. I say that to say this. That has been one of the biggest negative marks of this coaching staff. Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, the other coaches there – and I think that trend continues. I have nothing in me that says, Jay, they're going to change their philosophy. We've seen 12 games. You give me enough big enough sample size. I've seen a lot of game film. If y'all don't want to adjust during Michigan, why do I think y'all are going to adjust against Georgia? I got the Bulldogs winning 34-24. I think I saw the, the spread last time with that 6.5, minus 6.5 for Georgia. Um, why do I say 10 points? I believe this has been a 10-point game for a for a very long time. Mm. Talent is great. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Um, but I do think, though, I think the Buckeyes can win this game. I just don't think the coaches will make the right moves so they can be successful and win at the end. Well, probably the beginning of, new, uh, of 2023, because I think this game will trickle into the new year before it's over.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, probably depends on what time zone you're watching it in. Right, if, depending right. on where it, where, what, what, uh, what year you're in when this game ends. But um, I, we've said on our show, you you mentioned the run game, which is interesting. I, you, it's if Ohio State runs the ball against Georgia, they'll be the first team to run the ball against Georgia in two years. Correct. And so it, it's just not been a formula for anyone to beat Georgia in the last two years to run the ball against them. I think the formula for Ohio state is you you don't go just full air raid. You don't abandon the run. You use the run to slow down the pass rush, but Ohio state wins this game. If they hit deep, if they hit shots down the field, that's what, that's how you have to beat Georgia. You have to beat them by taking shots down the field. That's why people thought Tennessee was going to have uh, a lot of success against Georgia, but they were not because of the pressure that we were able to get in Hendon Hooker's face. And so you mentioned pass rush. I think that's another key to the game. I think offensive line, defensive line play is going to be where this game is decided. I think Georgia's ability to run the ball and Georgia's ability to score points is going to be ultimately where this game is decided. But the one thing we haven't talked about so far that I think is going to be a huge key in the game I didn't ask you. I didn't get to ask you about the, you know, the LSU was able to throw the ball all over Georgia in the SEC championship, get like 500 yards passing. Uh, Does Ohio State try to, you know, replicate that or whatever? I think that's another lazy national media narrative that just doesn't really, you know, garbage. That game was garbage time from the second quarter on, and you're trying to use it as a as a comp. I don't really think that that's. But I do think what you can, what you, what does hold true from that game is that. Georgia has an unbelievable, has been unbelievable in the red zone this year. They have one, they have top five in some in some rankings I've seen a top three red zone offense, scoring offense. The Buckeyes red zone defense has not been great this year. The Bulldogs red zone defense has been lights out this year. Teams, some teams have been able to move the ball against Georgia, but you asked me in the last segment what the, what makes this defense elite and uh, one of the things I did not mention is that they keep teams out of the end zone. They force field goal attempts, and I think field goal attempts are going to get you an an L in this game. If If you're a team and you're out here coming out here trying to kick field goals and win this game, you are losing this game quickly, and so I think Georgia's red zone defense is the issue. I do expect Ohio State to move the ball against uh, Georgia. I think at the end of this game, Ohio State will have a a reasonable number of total yards. Um, I think they will have a reasonable amount of success, maybe running the ball and throwing the ball. But I do question their ability to score touchdowns against this Georgia offense, or against this Georgia defense, rather. And I, I think I trust Georgia's red zone offense uh, against Ohio State's red zone defense, I think that's the the key and the difference in this game. I have a very similar score to you. I have it at thirty five to seventeen, hmm. uh, and so <clears throat> I I do think. It's cl- it feels closer than that for a lot of the game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think probably in the end it ends up looking a little bit worse than it is. Um, maybe something like 35 19 and Ohio State, you know, it's just a bunch of field goals and, you know, maybe one touchdown, something, something weird like that. Um, but yeah, I do see both teams being able to move the ball. And I think you'll know early on the team that has red zone success. Uh, will be the team that you like going forward in this game. Uh, it's going to be a big key, obviously turnovers and all the normal keys to the game. That's obviously, but I think that red zone, red zone success is what I'm looking at as uh, the thing that gives me confidence in the dogs.
1: Another thing I'm going to add here quickly, Daniel, is something. It's very normal in football, short yardage, third down, but the Buckeyes have had an issue short yardage situations. Seriously, third and two, fourth and one, not being able to get a push. And if that's a problem where it's maybe you get third and three, third Mm. and two, third and two and a half, numerous times, numerous drives, and the result in two-yard loss, one-yard gain, nothing, and it's punt, punt, punt. That's the formula for Georgia right there. Because if Georgia can stop Ohio State and get the momentum and keep the morale high on the sideline – that's a good way to derail the morale on the Buckeyes' sidelines. They're like, man, we're right there, we're right there, and we still can't figure this thing out. You mentioned mm-hmm. red zone. I literally think this game comes down to Ohio State's – one of the ways it comes down to, to me, is Ohio State's issues in short-yardage situations mm-hmm. and inability to get a, get a push when you need one, when you put a yeah. hat on a hat, hit the guy across the line from you. When the Buckeyes consistently struggle to do that, that plays right to Georgia's hands. Jay, it has been a pleasure
0: talking to you. Georgia fans, again, go subscribe to this man's pod. Excited about the game on Saturday night. I know he'll have more great content for you and reaction to it after it is over. For um, uh, for me, locked on Bulldogs and him, locked on Buckeyes. We will see you guys later.